As the baseball world continues to wait on the decision of Shohei Otani and it looks increasingly likely that he very well may end up with the Toronto Blue Jays, this is actually going to be part two of my conversation with Gabby from Locked on Red Sox, in which we get into a wide range of topics, including the departure of pitching coach Andrew Bailey and how much of an impact that's going to have on the Giants and the Red Sox. All of that next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listener and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. And coming up on today's show, this is part two of my conversation with Gabby from Locked On Red Sox. It was a really fun conversation. We we went a little bit long, uh, and so I broke it into two episodes yesterday's all about Otani and the offseason and the Red Sox needs, the Giants needs, and how there's a lot of parallels. Uh, but today, we get into some other kind of topics that are that were also really fun to discuss, including how the new schedule is an improvement and how like, you know, as a Giants fan, I can go to Fenway Park every other year and see the Giants play there. Uh, we, we get into that and we get into more specifically the impact of Andrew Bailey and kind of the turnover with the Giants coaching staff and what Bailey was able to help do with the Giants and on and on. So it was just, it was a great conversation with Gabby. So without further delay, here is part two, which was actually the first part of our conversation uh, with Gabby from Locked on Red Sox. But I wanted to welcome in Ben Kaspic, host of Locked on Giants, who is very familiar with Andrew Bailey and what he can accomplish as a pitching coach. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm like so many baseball fans kind of eagerly awaiting more activity uh and and the giants of course being one of those teams that may be very active so you know very very eagerly waiting winter meetings were kind of a dud i know the yankees got soto so that stinks for your listeners i'm sure but uh i i like we were saying off air i dealt with it several years ago with the dodgers getting mookie bets in a similar type of situation so which red sox fans can of course also yeah. relate to and feel bad about so. everything comes back to the red sox really it seems like yeah i miss yeah. mookie a lot uh and especially now because the red sox made a trade with the yankees it was like the seventh time that they've made a trade with the yankees and forever it's kind of a crazy stat how little they make a trade with the Yankees as it should be. It's a little weird to me that they did, but they traded who was the leading piece in that Mookie Betts trade, which was Alex Verdugo. So that's been even more emotional for Red Sox fans now trying to say, well, the centerpiece in the Mookie Betts trade is now no longer here. So what did we really get out of the deal at the end of the day? 
Yeah, not much. All you got is making my life miserable and all my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. and I've got to, we've got to deal with that guy all the time, and he's good. Well, so, I know you did mention. Held on to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know you did mention to me that your mom is from Massachusetts, so you do have some sort of Red Sox connection in your blood, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and also Cleveland guardian, you know, I've got some mixed heritage there, but I grew up to be perfectly transparent, like pure giants, a hundred percent. But, um, you know, I was, I was around in 04, like kind of following that team and their miraculous comeback. And like, the, like everybody outside of New York was pulling for Boston. And that was amazing. Um, yeah, these are two historic franchises, and hopefully one day, you know, they meet. I don't know if they've ever met in the World Series, but it would be that would be quite a quite a matchup. And I'm glad with the new schedule, like every, Boston was in San Francisco this year, so it's always cool. What like now it means next year the Giants will be in Boston, and so I that's that's really great because I I plan on one day visiting and trying to watch Giants in Fenway. I've never been there, so. Yeah, it's such a cool place. If you like history, it's a great ballpark for that. I know a lot of baseball fans just really appreciate visiting the ballpark just because of just, you know, how much history there really is there and the fact that it hasn't really changed. It's just always been the same Fenway that it's always been. And to think about all the players who have gone through that specific ballpark, it's just a really cool experience. So I highly recommend you uh, taking a trip there. I will. Maybe this year. Honestly, I don't know when they go, but but every other year now. It used to be like a, you know, super rare and now it's going to be every other year. So that's Yeah, great. did you like that with the schedule in the 2023 that everybody played everybody cuz I saw mixed opinions on it early on, but I really liked it. I thought it was cool to get exposure to every team during the season. I think it I thought immediately when I heard about it uh, being part of the new CBA, CBA, that it was great. And I love it because like of exactly what I just said, like every other year I'll have a chance, like say I can't make it out this year for whatever reason, the timing doesn't work. I get a chance every other year to go to any, uh, American league ballpark and, and watch the giants play there and vice versa. You know, other teams get to come in and, and see San Francisco and, you know, you get to see players you don't see, uh, you know, like Otani and Trout, you know, for example, as a, a National League fan, you know, I, I barely ever saw those guys play um, because I'm constantly watching Giants games and they're playing at the same time. And I don't know, just it's I think it's great for the game. Also, Giants play in a division with some pretty good teams, including the Dodgers. And so fewer intra division games, I just think. And it's not just about less games against the Dodgers. It's also about less games against like the Rockies and the Padres and the Diamondbacks. It's just you get a little sick of seeing those. I think it was just a little overkill with the same team. So it was like half the schedule basically was these four teams in your division. And I just thought that was too much. The one downside for me is the travel and it affects like coastal teams more than the central teams. Because, you know, the Giants, like, I think it affects West Coast teams more because for the East Coast, the Central teams are, like, closer generally than they are 
from the west to get to like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and stuff is far. You know, it's a far trip by plane. Yeah. So it adds travel and it it kind of ma it makes this uh, what was already a grind of a season even more so for a lot of teams out west. So that's the one drawback, but and that it's a it's a real drawback, but otherwise I think it's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great to be able to see all these games. And I know for me personally, I'm eventually trying to get to every major league ballpark at some point. So if I know the Red Sox are going somewhere and it's a ballpark I haven't seen that I really want to see, it's a good excuse to, you know, yeah. take a little trip, visit that city if I've never been there and then check out some Red Sox games. So I really like it. I think it was a good move by Major League Baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I've been to a lot of stadiums too and like but I haven't been to Fenway and a big reason is because the Giants like were very, very rarely there. And now I probably will go because of this change. If you really like sports betting, or even if you're just starting to get into it, FanDuel is the place for you. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I've personally experienced my fiance go ham on FanDuel, and he's won a ton of money doing it. So if you're looking to be in that same position, head to FanDuel today. You can make all kinds of bets, and I promise you it will be worth it for you. Also, don't forget that you can subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube because we have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's so exciting. I highly encourage you to check it out. Nobody else has this. It's so many talented Locked On hosts keeping you updated on everything going on so you won't be disappointed. So make sure to download that app um, today, FanDuel, and subscribe to Locked On Sports today you will be happier and your life will be so much better. Yeah, exactly. And it's it gives people more of an incentive to go other places. And when you do go, if you do go to Fenway to watch the Giants play there, you will see your former guy, Andrew Bailey, at Fenway yeah. with the Boston Red Sox, um, you know, former pitching coach for the Giants. The Red Sox brought him in absolute necessity because their pitching staff has been an absolute mess the last few seasons. Um, what I really wanted to get your perspective on is what did you like about Andrew Bailey during his time in San Francisco? Well, the truth is like he he never like spoke publicly. So everything that I saw it was like I watched it on TV and or I like read about it, you know, in terms of it's not like he had press conferences or anything. Right. And so, um, but what I do know is that when he came in and it was part of this big overhaul in the coaching staff, when Gabe Kapler came in, um, that they quickly, the giants developed a reputation for being one of the top teams in the league at like getting the most out of pitchers. And that, 
Um, in terms of Bailey personally, like what I learned to see with him, like in terms of on the field kind of presence and all that was that he's just like, he, he really did have like, um, he's just like really, really steady with, with kind of, he would go out there and, and, and just kind of, it's, it's odd to say this, but like, it seemed like he knew what he was doing when he was going out there and talking to the pitchers and, and like in between innings, you would see him sitting down with the pitcher and often, you know, looking at an iPad or whatever, and just going over like kind of the metrics or whatever that are, that they're seeing on the pitches and, and trying to make like inning to inning adjustments. Um, and you look at a guy like Logan Webb, who is now one of the best pitchers in baseball. He wasn't that way when this new pitching regime kind of came in under Kapler. The thing is, it wasn't just Bailey. They had like three guys who were kind of uh, forming a team of, of, of like a, you know, of the major league kind of pitching staff. One of the, one of those guys was Andrew, uh, not Andrew Bailey, uh, Brian Bannister, who's since left for the White Sox. And another guy was Ethan Katz, who became the White Sox pitching coach after one year as the assistant pitching coach under Andrew Bailey. So they had so many success stories, whether it was Logan Webb, who they like developed into what he, because if you look at his first couple seasons, they weren't good. And then he, they just kept insisting he can be really, really good. Like they knew it and it came true. And then you look at like the resurrection of a guy like Kevin Gosman, a guy you've seen probably a lot in, in the last couple of years. He wasn't like that. Wasn't the type of pitcher he was before he came to San Francisco. And so they, they had a lot of success like that. And Bailey was a big key cog in, in helping to do that. Yeah. And it's definitely really promising. Just thinking of some of those names, pitchers who are really successful and are pitching a lot better now than they did before. And that tells me that he does something right and he can actually get to these pitchers and figure out what it is about them that can really help elevate their game. Because that I think was the biggest problem before with the past, you know, coaching staff when it came to the pitching was more so I wasn't seeing a lot of upward improvement per se from a lot of the pitchers. And I almost wondered if they just didn't have the right guy in there that could really hone in on, okay, what can we do to help this pitcher to improve even more? And I'm hoping that's something that Bailey can come in and actually do. I think he will. I think he will because he, like you said, he was a player himself. And so like, I think it's important that you're able to like players, you know, former players, he was a good closer, you know, for the A's and, and he played for the Red Sox, right. As mm -hmm. well. Um, and they, they just kind of instantly command some respect from other players. And so it's one thing to be just a guy with an iPad in a dugout telling pitchers what to do. But it's another thing to be like, I played this game. I know what it's like to be out there on that mound, but also to understand like the analytics and how to like apply it in a way that pitchers understand and also see the benefit of, you know, like they, they, un like he was constantly like with every pitcher kind of in between every inning sitting next to them and they were going over stuff on the iPad and 
it's it wasn't like the pitchers were acting like oh this is some tedious chore like they were into it like they're looking they're like they're both they're interacting they're talking to each other and like pointing at stuff and and so he was he was just on it you know con like 24 7 he was just on it in terms of how do we get the most out of you not just like behind the scenes between starts between appearances or whatever but even in the game like anytime they're off the field uh in the, and in the dugout and so I think he'll bring that to the Red Sox. I don't know about the rest of the staff. Like if they have, like they had a director of pitching in Brian Bannister and they had like assistant pitching coaches as well. But Bailey, I mean, he, he hadn't been a coach before. So he was a first time coach and he, he kind of proved that he was a good one and, and was pretty in demand. I think he also interviewed for the bench coach role for the Yankees this off season. So, you know, he became, clearly an in-demand guy and i think you got you got a good one and and it had a lot to do with he wanted to be closer to family out on the east coast versus sticking around in san francisco i'm not sure anyone here would have been you know there was bob melvin got brought in but maybe they giants wanted him back i wouldn't it wasn't like he was fired by the giants like i think he just they just kind of allowed him to explore other opportunities and this was a better fit for him yeah, and especially with his familiarity with Boston, because he has experience at a player as a player, you know, playing at Fenway, understanding that environment, which can be a tough environment to play in. So I'm hoping this can be a fresh start for that pitching staff. And there's definitely some talented young arms in this pitching staff. And I'm curious to see what they gain from having him in there because there's definitely some potential there with some of these guys. Yeah. And that reminds me of Logan Webb immediately when you say it. And it was just so fascinating to me, like how they insisted on there's like, it was mostly Kapler doing the talking, but I'm sure, you know, Bailey was a big part of those who were insisting this guy can be really good. And it's not like Logan Webb was a top prospect. They just knew that the tools were in there to for him to be really good and they just kept insisting on it and eventually it like in 2021 he started out a little rocky but then he just went on a dominant stretch for the last like four to five months of the season continued on into the nlds against the dodgers when he was just absolutely dominant and he's just been one of the better pitchers in the game ever since and like again he wasn't a top prospect so you know, being able to recognize talent that's even not shown up yet and then get it out of the players. Again, like Kevin Gosman as well, the tools were there and they helped him unlock it. And it's potentially a big loss for the Giants. So it's a, it's a big move for Boston, I think. Yeah, and they need big moves like that. And speaking of big moves... You mentioned it before, there haven't been a ton of big moves really yet, except, of course, my worst nightmare coming true is my division rival, my biggest rival actually acquiring, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball, no big deal, in Juan Soto. Um, but in general, not a lot of teams have made a lot of moves yet, and it could be due to a specific player whose market right now could directly affect either the Red Sox or the Giants, depending on what avenue he takes. And that's Shohei Otani. So next, I definitely want to get some input on his market and what it could mean for everybody else. 
All right, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday. Uh, we'll be breaking down the latest over the weekend. It seems like Shohei Otani likely to sign possibly even today with a team. And so if it's not the Giants, I'm not going to do an emergency podcast about it. If it is the Giants, you can sure bet that I will. Uh, and then, you know, I just expect... If one Otani signs, it's going to open up the floodgates, as we either talked about on this episode or yesterday's. Uh, and so lots to cover on Monday and an emergency podcast if needed over the weekend. So once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter or X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.